0: Hare Krishna, Uh, welcome to Sunday Bhagavatam class. Uh, Today we're going to read the third verse of the Bhagavatam and uh, perhaps some more verses after that. We won't necessarily limit ourselves to one verse per day, per Sunday. So, um hmm. one second here. So the verse. First, we'll begin: Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate ansudevaya so uh, the bhagavatam canto 1 chapter 1 text 3 nigama kalpataro rgalitam phalam sugamukaramrita dravasangitam divata bhagavatam rasamalaya muhuraho rasika so this verse uh, explicitly urges us to hear the Bhagavatam, to to experience the Bhagavatam. Uh, the previous verses, if you remember, in the first verse, Janma uh explain the tamna sena satyam that we are that indicates that we are commenting on vedanta the highest truth that this also is the real mean of the vedic gayatri and that the absolute truth in its own abode and his own abode will be discussed here and then the second verse of the bhagavatam repeatedly uses the word Atra, which means here. dharma projita kaita atra paramo nirmatsanana tatam vegam vastavam vastu atra It repeatedly uses the word Atra, which means here, here in this Bhagavatam. But of course, not explicitly referring to the Bhagavatam. Now in verse 3, which concludes these three introductory verses, at the conclusion of this sort of short introduction, uh, the Bhagavatam describes itself by name. And so let's look at that verse and, and, and urges us to take advantage of this book. So the first word is Nigama. Nigama uh, galitam Nigama means Vedic scripture. And uh, ni means within, or down into, and culp, uh, and gama, of course, means go, going. So in the Vedic scriptures, we go within, we go deeply within the truth. And, and of all these scriptures, uh, this is the kalpataroa, uh, which Prabhupada translates the desire tree. So there are many scriptures that talk about many subjects, some of them mundane, some of them spiritual, for example, Dhanurveda, a uh, military text. Of course, one may use it for Krishna or one may use it for Maya. So there's, there are many texts that just talk about different professional skills, astrology or whatever. Uh, but those other texts cannot uh, provide us, cannot bestow upon us everything that we really desire as souls. Obviously, we have many desires in our mind, in our senses, and yet these other desires—they're uh, not eternal, and they change. For example, what pleases you today may not please you tomorrow. What—if uh, you think back of the things you enjoyed many years ago—and now you may have very different tastes. So, as souls, we also have eternal desires. We desire to exist. We desire real happiness i mean at different points in our life we think that different things are happiness and then we find out well actually they're not so real happiness and real knowledge real understanding when you're a child when you're a little child and you first go to school then you have the sensation that you're learning so many things everything is new spelling and arithmetic and so on uh But ultimately, what what is the highest knowledge? All forms of knowledge that train our mind or teach us to reason or inform us about the nature of the world. Ultimately, what is Vedya, as Krishna says in the Gita? What is really to be known? And of course, ultimately, that is Krishna. And therefore, Krishna says, that by all forms of knowledge, ultimately, I am to be known. It is is I who am to be known. By the way, if you hear that noise, that's going to be gone in just a minute. So, but here it is said of all authoritative books, there is one which is the, Prabhupada calls it desire tree, and that is the Bhagavatam. So the word here for desire tree, kalpa taru, taru, of course, is tree. Kalpa uh, actually means facilitating or providing. Uh, I'll give you some of the meanings of the word kalpa from the Sanskrit dictionary, kalpa taru. It means uh, something which is able, competent, to give you, you know, whatever it is that one seeks, it can give that to you. So, uh, kalpa has the sense of having the power to get the job done. So, whatever, being competent, equal to, able, fit, proper. So, kalpa taru, is a, is a sort of a figurative tree that can that has the power, has the ability, is able to provide what you desire. And here in the case of the Bhagavatam, it can provide what you really want. And sometimes we don't know what we really want. Sometimes, for example, a person may be at a restaurant and something looks good, so they order it, then they don't like it. Uh, imagine relationships, people enter into relationships because they think, well, this person will make me happy. And then they find out, well, not really. I mean, there's so many things like that. You may move to a particular city and then discover that you're not really happy there. You may not be happy in your job. So we don't always know what we want. And often, I mean, the reason, in a sense, we're unhappy is because we don't really know what we want or, or we want the wrong thing. So... Um, so ultimately the Bhagavatam is nigamakalpa taror. It is the, the sort of the uh, wish fulfillment. Kalpa really has more the sense of fulfillment. It is the fulfilling tree or the tree that fulfills our desires uh, among all the Vedic literatures. And now with the words galitang uh the rest of this verse really uses this Nectar analogy the idea that there are fruits that are so sweet that there's literally just juice Dripping from it. And of course the word for juice in Sanskrit is rasa, which is also the word Rasa which means juice or flavor taste and of course also the word used to describe the taste or flavor of our relationship with Krishna so that metaphor is going to be used now for the rest of the verse so of that desire tree of all Vedic literature, this Bhagavatam is tang falam. It is the fruit that is literally dripping with juice. I remember when I was young, we had a, uh, an apricot tree in our backyard, in Los Angeles. And in those days, I mean, fruit was really fruit. And uh, I, I remember the juice just dripping out of the fruit. And, uh, or, or for example, in, in the summer in, in Los Angeles, we get all these fruits in the summer, like. Plums and peaches and apricots, and they would be just dripping with juice. So that's the idea here. Galitang Falam, a fruit which is so ripe, which is so sweet that it's just oozing juice. And shuka mukat, from literally from the from the lips or from the mouth of the parrot, shuka, or the, of course the great sage shuka. So really this whole third verse is sort of a play on words from the name of the primary Bhagavatam speaker. The main Bhagavatam speaker is Vyasa's son, the great Shuka. As Prabhupada says, Shukadeva Goswami. So Shuka also means parrot. And so the Bhagavatam here is constructing this beautiful, clever metaphor around the name of the speaker. So Shukamukat. Because as Prabhupada said, it's understood in India that the parrot, it, it pierces a fruit with its beak and the fruit becomes sweeter. So, Shukha from the mouth of or the lips of shuka, this Galitang that this ripened fruit, and then Amrita uh, Dravasangyutam, which is uh, literally running, with nectar it's uh in in english for example we say running water which means water is flowing so running in english also means that something is flowing so uh the same thing in sanskrit drava means running so if you say running water in this case running nectar amrita drava so this uh fruit oozing nectar which is which is running, it's running with nectar and oozing the sweet juice, and it's coming from the lips of the shuka. So that's the metaphor here. So then the next line says, pibata bhagavatam, so drink it. I mean, here's this delicious uh, fruit, which is just oozing this nectar. And this particular nectar, or this juice, is amrita, it's immortal. It's it's an undying, it's an immortal juice, nectar, flavor, and so the the Vajda says, drink it, pibata, and a pibata interestingly is the uh, <coughs> second person plural in Sanskrit. So so it's speaking to all the readers. It's not just speaking to one reader. Pibata, grammatically, is, is speaking to everyone. So pivata bhagavatam rasam, so drink this bhagavata rasa, this juice, this nectar, or in in other words, the rasa with Krishna. Alayam, a means until or up to, layam, until literally your body dissolves. Laya means dissolution, like pralaya, uh, the dissolution of the universe. So alaya, up to dissolution means until your body dissolves back into material nature. As long as you're in this world, just drink this bhagavatam, everyone. And muhur, constantly, aho. Aho is an exclamation. Like oh in English. Rasika. And again, using that same uh, metaphor, the word, um, we know the word rasa. So rasika <coughs> in Sanskrit, originally, it's sort of like the affectionate or, or, or diminutive like little rasa, like gopi and gopika, or radha and radhika. So here we have rasika, and it comes to mean like little in the sense of very fine. I mean, little can be in the sense of precise, like to focus. So rasika means uh, here, sort of grammatically, it means um, those who have a refined sense of rasa, those who are very precise and very refined in their appreciation. Of, of flavor, of taste. And of course, because even before Lord Chaitanya appeared uh, in India, there was this sense from rasa that it's, it's the flavor or the taste uh, of different relationships. As, as we say, like to have a particular rasa with Krishna, a particular flavor of relationship, such as conjugal relationship, friendship, parental affection, and so on. So, uh, here, rasika means those who are expert, Prabhupada translates it here, those who are full in the knowledge of mellows. Prabhupada used to translate the word rasa as a uh, a mellow, and just in case you're interested, in English, according to the dictionary, mellow is uh, not as an adjective, but uh, as a, uh, do they have it as a noun? Hmm, that's strange. I don't have it as a noun. A mellow, oh well, bad dictionary. So, um, so Rasika, those of you who appreciate, who really understand flavor and taste of life, uh, here's here's the book you should be reading, you should be relishing, because here you will find real rasa. And then buvi here on earth, buvi means on earth, Bhavuka, babuka again, means those who are expert, those who are thoughtful, as Prabhupada translates it, expert and thoughtful, uh, discriminating. The Sanskrit dictionary for bhavuka here uh, gives uh, having a taste for the beautiful. In other words, it can be someone who just appreciates beauty in poetry or an esthete, as we say, a happy person who, who just, appreciates the beauty of the world including linguistic beauty and natural beauty and so on and so forth. So for those people who those who are babukas those who really appreciate beauty or who are attuned to the fine things of life and who especially appreciate rasa the the flavor of relationships and what real pleasure is uh, these people drink this nectar of the Bhagavatam. So, uh that's the third verse and uh I'm going to go on so those, that's the introduction to the Bible time really now in text four we begin the storyline so to speak so text four says Samam so Naimisha in the forest of uh, Naimisha. Uh, the word Naimisha comes from the word uh, Animisha. Nimisha in Sanskrit means to blink and Animisha means unblinking. And so it refers to the demigods who apparently don't blink like we do. So uh, so here, uh, because demigods used to visit or favor that particular place, it's called Nimisha Kshetra, sort of the, the land or the field of the demigods. And so from that, it becomes Naimisha, Aranya. Naimisha Aranya, Aranya means forest in Sanskrit. Vrindaranya, Naimisha Aranya. So Naimisha, in that sacred forest, Animisha a place uh, of the of, of the celestial beings, Rishya, sages, shonakadeya, headed by shonaka, Satram, a sacrificial session, swargaya Loka unto Swarga, unto Loka. Literally, what it says. So you can take this to mean Swarga Loka, that uh, uh, for the purpose of bringing to the sages and to people the true celestial realm, which is the spiritual world, or Loka can be taken in the sense of people. Prabhupada takes it that way. Swarga, Prabhupada takes swarga here to mean the Lord, uh, and loka to mean the devotees, like in India, the the uh, House of Commons is called the Lok people's house. So, anyway, uh, sahasra samasata. So the sages sat, like the word asana, so asata they sat for this great sacrifice Sahasra Samam to last a thousand years and this Satra, the sacrifice was to be offered to uh, the Lord in heaven and his devotees. So that's the first verse. You have these sages at Naimi Naimi Sharanya who are engaged in the sacrifice. And then ta ekada Pranta Huta hutangaya Satkritam sutam asinam paprachuridamadharat. So uh, those sages once, not once upon a time, but Sanskrit is sort of how you begin the story, Ekada one time, those sages, pratar, in the morning, hutu Tagnya, having uh, offered, literally having offered into their offering fires, fires that were meant to, for offerings. So having offered into the offering fires, uh, they questioned, they asked this. They asked this question respectfully, Adharat. They were very respectful. And they put this question to Sutta, who had been honored by them, Satkritam, whom they had honored and who was sitting there amongst them. So they asked uh, this question. Rishayuchuhu, the sage said, Twaya kalu puranani. Setihasani chanaga Akyataniapya Ditani Dharma Shastrani jandita. The sages said, Twaya, by you, Kalu indeed, Puranani, the Puranas, Setyasani, along with the histories, uh, O oh, sinless one, Chanaga, Akyatani were narrated, Api, Aditan, and studied. So you have studied, literally in Sanskrit, gone over Agita. You have studied and you have taught uh, the Puranas together with the histories. The word for history is itihasa, here in the plural, itihasan, which <clears throat> literally means itihasa, thus it was in the past. Thus it was in the past. Iti ha asa. So that becomes a word for history. The Thus it was in the past literatures. So, uh, you studied them, you taught them, Dharma Shastrani, all the authoritative books on Dharma, Jani Yuta, all the authoritative books on Dharma, indeed. So they're praising him that you really, you're uh, extremely learned. you studied. All the relevant literatures and Jani Veda Vidang Shesto Bhagavan Vadarayana Anychavunya Sutta Paravaravido Vidu. So you studied also uh uh so actually, he's saying that um, Bhagavan Bhadarayana, that great personality, Vyastav, who, who was the best of Veda-knowers, he also studied and taught these, along with Anyecha Moniak, other sages Osuta, Sutta, other sages uh, who know, you could say, the high and the low, or the, the uh, who know all things, physical and metaphysical, as Prabhupada translates it. Uh, sages who know all these things, they also know these scriptures that you taught. So what what uh, the sages are saying here basically is that um, Sutta did not simply, you know, read certain books because those were his favorite books or he liked those books. No. The sages are making clear that Sutta, you have studied and taught very well the standard canon, the standard body of sacred texts. You have studied the books that all great sages study. This is the standard curriculum. That's what you've learned. So, that's the point that they're making. And beta tong somya tatsarvam tatva tas tadanugrahat, bruyu, snake dasya si siasya, guruvo guhimapijutam. So somya means, oh, like sublime one. The Prabhupada translates it one who is pure and simple. Beta tong somya, you know all of this. Tatvatas categorically, in truth, tadanugrahat, by the mercy of those uh, previous sages, just mentioned Vyas and all those great sages, by their mercy, you know all this. Truthfully, you really know it. You know it systematically and you know it in truth, by their mercy. And the reason you learned it from those sages is because There's a little beautiful two lines here, because gurus should or must uh, explain advanced knowledge to an affectionate, a devoted disciple. So, shisha, shishasya, to a disciple, and then snigda, who is affectionate, who is devoted. Prabhupada says you're submissive. Uh, So in other words, they're saying that you were a devoted disciple, you were a loving disciple, and it's natural that all these great sages taught you because gurus should teach advanced knowledge, Guhyam, to a devoted disciple. And that's why you know it, because you were a devoted disciple. And then... Tatra Tatra Angjasayushman Bhavata Jad Vinischitam Pungsang E Kantatak Tannat Shangsitum Arhasi. So uh now they, the sages explain uh specifically what they want to hear. And uh, they say that now, please, tatra, 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 means uh, therein. Tatra means there. So when you, the word tatra means there or therein. So when you repeat it, tatra, tatra means in all those areas. In other words, in all those scriptures and all those books you studied uh, within that whole body of knowledge that you've acquired, angjasah, right now, Ayushman, uh, Prabhupada translates it, uh, blessed with a long duration of life. You, you all know the term Ayurveda. The word Ayur means duration of life. So Ayurveda means knowledge of how to extend the duration of life. And uh, here, uh, Sutta is called Ayushman, one who possesses Ayur. Uh, another word, Sutta, you have, which Prabhupada translates it, you're blessed with a long duration of life. So Tatra, Tatra, so in, uh, in all those books that you've learned, Angjasah right now, Ayushman, oh you who have blessed with long life, Bhavata Jad Binishitam, whatever you whatever you determine to be, Pung Sang A the ultimate, the absolute the ultimate uh unquestioned good the greater good literally shreyas means the greater good that which is without question ultimately the greater good for all people tanakshamsi tumahati you it, it, it is fitting for you to now explain that to us so it's beautiful verse tat tat rang jayshman bhavata jad bhi nischitam punsang ikanta taksheya stanakshangsitum arhasi then they say priyan alpayushaksabya kalavasmin yuge janaha mandasu manda matyo manda so uh here the word manda is repeated quite a lot and uh manda means slow tardy moving slowly idle lazy sluggish apathetic weak or it can mean dull-witted silly stupid foolish very positive word right unhappy miserable so that's manda so prayena which means for the most part Prabhupada translates it almost always so prayena Al sabya Kalava Asmin Yuge Janaha Janaha, the people, the people, Kalava in this Kali Yuga, in this age of Kali. Kalav Asmin Yuge, Asmin Yuge in this Yuga, Kalav in Kali. So in this Kali Yuga, people, prayena, for the most part, are Al they have a short duration of life. Again, the word Ayus, Ayur, Ayurveda. Oh, but they have a very small, short duration of life. And here the sages uh, describe sutta as sabhya. The word sabha means an assembly of leaders. It can be political leaders. It can mean an assembly of uh, brahminical leaders, intellectual leaders. So one who's qualified to sit in a learned assembly here is called Subya, worthy to sit in the Sabha. So they address him as as Subya because in fact Sutta right now is in the middle of an assembly of sages. He's sitting in this assembly of sages, and uh, so their sages are saying to him, Subya, they call him Subya. You are, you deserve to be here teaching an assembly of learned sages, and they were very learned. We'll find in in the uh, Second canto, Shonika really starts to speak. He's the head of the sages who are listening to Sutta, and he's brilliant. I mean, some of the most brilliant poetic verses in the Bhagavatam are spoken by Shonika, who is just, you know, in the audience, but he's the head of the sages who are listening. So, Sutta is sabya, worthy to be in and to speak in such a learned assembly. And they say to him that for the most part, In this age of Kali, people don't live very long, manda, they're stupid. Uh, This will not come as any surprise to anyone who is alive in the world right now and paying attention. This will not surprise you. The people in general are dull, slow-witted, stupid, sumanda, Matiyo, and their opinions, their opinions on things are really stupid. Sumanda, su means very. Sumanda, very dull, very foolish. Their mutties, their opinions, their thinking, uh, their views. So people are very foolish or dull, and their opinions are very dull or stupid. Manda, vagya, and they're very slow to achieve good fortune. Vagya means uh, good fortune. Uh, Prabhupada describes Mandavagya as unlucky. But again, the word Manda. Uh, they're very slow to achieve good fortune. He Upadruta and they're always disturbed. It's very really interesting the word Upadruta. Druta means sort of again like running. It's in the same root as the word drava. Sort of like you know, darting about an Upa. upadruta is kind of the image that this conjures up in sanskrit is people's minds are just kind of like all over the place and but all over the place in many superficial places not like going deeply into something but just upadruta just like dashing dashing about here and there superficially so welcome to the digital world so that's that verse so it's it's a pretty dismal picture of kali yuga And then, uh, and because, because of this situation. Uh, Sorry, I have to get rid of this. Uh, Sorry about that. I'll just tell this person what's going on so they don't call back. (laughs) It is the digital age, I just said that. So um the next verse, so because of this situation, because of this sort of awful situation of Kali Yuga, therefore, Burini, Buri Karmani, Shotavyani Vivhasha, Ataksadotra Jat Saram, Bruhi bhadraya Bhutanang Jainat Ma, Suprasedati. So they say uh that um there's so many books you're supposed to read. Shottavya, sh- Shruti means, of course, hearing also like like Shastra, Shruti, the Vedas. So Shotavya, literally what is to be heard, what should be heard. In other words, an authoritative text that you're supposed to study. So they say that Burini Shotavyani, there's so many quote unquote authoritative texts. There's so many things you're supposed to hear, and learn. And all of these texts, Bhudi karmani and all of these different books are telling you to do so many different things. There's so many books you're supposed to read and all these books uh, are giving so many instructions, do this, do that. So it's like God in heaven, you know, what are you supposed to do? And, 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 and this at a time when people are so stupid, people are so dull and foolish, so you get this really dumb population and then you get all these books in the Vedic culture, read this, read that, do this, do that. It's just you may have even noticed among devotees there are some people who never met in their life a ritual they didn't like. And so you got to follow this rule and that rule and this ritual and that ritual. And so it's like, therefore, Atta, therefore, Sado, therefore, Osage, yeah. you are intelligent, so therefore, please take out the essence, Sara, the essence of all that. Not 10 million rituals and you know if you sneeze, snap your fingers, and I don't know, maybe you know throw God knows what over your left shoulder. No, forget all that. Uh, what is the essence? Of all these books and all these rules, and do this and do that. What is the essence of all this? What is it really about? Samudritya Manishaya, please extract, bring out, literally, please bring forward for us the essence, Manishaya, because you're very smart, you're intelligent. They already know what the sages, but they're, they want to teach the people in general. So, Bruhi, explain. Bhadraya Bhutanam, for the good of of conditioned souls, su Prasidati, how their soul can be completely satisfied. And the word Prasidati, of course, is the verb. The noun is Prasada. So Prasada means mercy or grace. So explain how these poor, short-lived, very unintelligent people How how can their soul be fully satisfied in Krishna consciousness? That's what we want to hear. That's what you should explain. Go to the essence. And the word sara, of course, means essence. And the Vaishnava, Bhakti Mottakura says the Vaishnava is sara grahi. The Vaishnava takes the essence of everything. Or saranga. Another word is saranga, which means going to the essence. So that means that The Bhagavatam is going to teach this. There's so many different books you're supposed to read and study and learn. And every book tells you to do a million things. And we're not very bright and we don't live very long. So what's the real point here? That's what the sages are saying. What is the real point here? How can my soul be truly satisfied? How can my soul achieve grace? How can I, as a soul, how can I really get the mercy of Krishna? just explain that we don't need to hear the rest of it right now. So that's the Bhagavatam. Then we'll stop there for today. That is the Bhagavatam. As we know, that's, uh, it's really a great book. It's the greatest book. Uh, so, uh, we're just looking to see if there are any questions we can answer real quickly, but no. So thank you for listening. And, uh, Hope to see you next Sunday. Hare Krishna.